What are the major risk management trends as we go into 2010? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with James Pajakowski. He's the Executive Vice President with Global Risk Solutions with Protivity. Jim, thanks so much for joining me. You're welcome. Just to give people a little context for this conversation, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your role at Protivity? Great. I have over 25 years of professional service experience, Tom. Um, I started out with Arthur Anderson. I was a partner there until 2001. And at that time, uh, I helped fo- found Protivity, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Robert Half. I've been in a few leadership positions at Protivity since its inception, but currently I'm, as you mentioned, Executive Vice President for Global Risk Solutions. Um, at Protivity, we provide internal audit and financial control services, and also we provide a variety of consulting services, and I'm responsible for the consulting side of that equation on a global basis. Very good. Jim, let's go back to the question I started out here with, which is risk management. What do you see as the major trends as we head into 2010? Yeah, I see a few, few major trends. Um, first of all, risk oversight of the board is a topic that you're seeing a lot of publishing and discussion about. And when you talk to board members, um, particularly audit committee members, it's a topic that they're very interested uh, in discussing. Um, we see a lot more requests from boards for uh, help in enterprise risk management or enterprise risk assessment and helping organizations do a better job of that. So the, you know, the requests oftentimes are coming from boards to management, management's coming to us. Um, and so that's telling us that this issue of risk oversight is getting a lot of attention. So that's one trend we see. The second trend we see is that companies are really starting to think about how they might change their planning, budgeting, and forecasting processes and do a couple of things. One, make them a lot more flexible and a lot more responsive. You know, the, the idea of an annual sort of fixed operating plan for the year um, kind of got blown away last year when the economy changed so rapidly on people and all of a sudden they were stuck with annual plans that were largely meaningless given how much change that impacted their business. In addition to that, they want to start injecting more risk into the planning, budgeting, and frankly strategy processes that even front end that whole process um, more so more than they have in the past. So that's a big trend: more flexible plans, more risk enabled plans, or more risk intelligent plans. The third area is liquidity. In organizations. Um, have done, you know, even though I said what I said about planning, they still, their, their plans around earnings and earnings forecasts are still much superior to what they were able to produce in terms of their, their budgets and their forecasts around cash flow. And, um, not only cash flow in terms of the cash flow the business could generate, but also the cash obligations that they had coming and they were many organizations found themselves in a liquidity crisis that they have never found themselves in in the past so understanding liquidity and understanding liquidity risk is a it's been a big deal and will be a big deal in the next couple of years fourth I'd say is is the impact of compensation plans on risk-taking and effective risk management 
and uh, the Federal Reserve has uh, put out a, a draft um, uh, pronouncement on that for public public uh, comment right now. Uh, others are looking at it. The SEC is, has a draft out there for proxies talking about greater disclosure on both compensation plans as well as risk management activities within an organization. So this idea of, you know, what is compensation, um, how are compensation plans incenting management and then and is there, are there ways that it's incenting them to do things that take too much risk, be too aggressive, that's getting a lot of discussion. Um, I think the next area would be the impact of models on decision making and risk taking within an organization. Um, and are the governance processes around those models, are the controls around those models adequate? Have the assumptions that underpin the models, are they properly understood? Have they been evaluated? Do they make sense? And I think some of the, the mortgage uh, crisis issues have been have caused people to, to look back and say, you know, the models that were being used for decision-making purposes you know, really weren't, you know, we're modeling history as it was, but weren't considering, a, you know, the changes or the, 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 all the dynamics that could happen, and they weren't stress-tested enough, and therefore they let people down. And uh, so people are going to be looking at, 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 at that really hard going forward. And then I think finally, IT risk um, in, in managing the complexity of, of technology today, but also addressing, you know, the, the, the risk of security and privacy, um, which has been, um, which, you know, which really I cover from a couple different angles. One is, you know, the, the organization and the sophistication of the criminal community in terms of the hacking activity that takes place today has really um, advanced in the last couple of years. Um, and there's very targeted, pinpointed attempts uh, to go after private uh, data, and organizations need to, to respond to that, and that's increased a lot. And I think the other thing is is that the amount of private information, and, and you've got all the healthcare reform going on and the movement towards electronic medical records, um, you know, the changes in that industry are just going to significantly increase um, the importance and the risk uh, and the manner in which you protect all of that information that will be out there. So um, I think those are, are some major trends that we see. Now, Jim, you've got the benefit of seeing different challenges. You can see different organizations in different industries. Do you see different challenges across the different industries? Yeah, I think there's a combination of this, the common challenges across all industries, and some of those are the ones I just mentioned to you. But then you have unique aspects within individual industries and, and the amount of change that those industries are going through. So, you know, in banking and in, in financial services, there's going to be a lot more regulatory reform over the next couple of years that people are going to need to respond to. Um, and I think that's a major trend. I didn't mention earlier, but just the complexity and the amount of regulatory um, requirements that have been put on companies and how to manage and keep up with that and make sure it doesn't overwhelm the organization. Um, um, I think so. That's a big deal. I think the model risk that I, that I mentioned will have has right, you know, greater implication to certain industries that rely more on models and banking and and insurance companies and, and the like have have great reliance on models and so it impacts them more significantly. 
um, IT privacy and security um, in in healthcare. I mentioned that, but also in, in banking, retail, anybody that has uh, access to a lot of private information that would be valuable to somebody um, is is more exposed there. Um, I think retail, from a liquidity standpoint, um, I think they saw a lot of the liquidity risks I mentioned earlier in the overall trends. Um, and there's a lot of change going on with in terms of um, uh, their ability to borrow money. Um, there was a they had a greater capacity for unsecured borrowings in the past. They're now being um, required to to go to more asset-based loans, and so that's putting uh, infrastructure requirements on them that they haven't faced in the past in terms of being able to manage a asset-based portfolio of of uh, loans that they haven't had to ha- they haven't had to, to use in the past so um, those are some you know some trends that I see that that impact different industries in different ways let's bring it back to the information security organization Jim what does that group have to do to help their organizations meet some of these challenges yeah um, so information security, I think, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that the that the you know the the folks trying to to access private information or sensitive information in organizations um, have gotten more sophisticated. So I think IT security um, functions within companies have to get more sophisticated uh, and have to continually look at and assess a couple of things. One is what is the information that they have that is most sensitive? So there has to be a risk assessment. You know, try and, and, and know what is it that it, that you possess, information you possess that is was, would be most sensitive and most valuable, and and would create most risk for the organization if it were compromised. So that's number one. And two, you got to figure out where it is. Um, and, and a lot of times, people don't realize how many different disparate places that information exists. Um, and then finally, you've got to figure out how can it be, um, you know, how can it be compromised, and what can you do to put controls or 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 protect it. Uh, and then you continually have to reevaluate that because you know things change. I think the final point is is there has to be a realization that in today's IT world, everything's connected. So you may be able to put protection around you know a, a particular server or aspect of an area of your IT operation, but you have to realize that everything's connected these days for the most part, and it can be accessed from a lot of different places. So you got to take that into consideration as you put together your protection plan. So, Jim, given the complexity and, and the added challenges, what do the individual information security professionals need to do to better prepare themselves to, to tackle these challenges? Yeah, well, I think one is, um, you know, keep up. So, you know, talk to others. Um, um, stay connected with the, the broader IT community um, and, and share information, uh, benchmark others, uh, understand what, every, what other people are doing, stay current. So I think that's one really important thing. I think the second thing is is understand the business. So it's, it's not just a technology issue. It's a business issue. And it's really important to understand the underlying business operations and, the, and what's in 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 you know what what changes are happening with the business where is what, what direction is it going and what impact does that have on the technology responsibilities um, that they have 
Uh, and too often, I think, people get stuck in getting really technically uh, deep in their area, but not sometimes stepping back and understanding how that how their technical job fits into the bigger picture of the organization from a business point of view. So if we take a step back and, and you sort of draw upon your experience, Jim, what would you say is most misunderstood today about risk management? So what's most misunderstood today about risk management, um, I would say, is uh, one, uh, you know, that, 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 that you can eliminate, you know, all risk in an organization. Um, you know, if you do that, you're probably going to also eliminate all upside. So you have to live with risk. I mean, it's, it's just part of the equation. You know, risk and return um, is sort of you learn that your first day in, in, in business class. Um, and sometimes people want to separate those two. Um, and you have to realize that sort of managing the business is managing the risk of the business. And, and entering into business is entering into to, to risk. Um, and so, one, I wouldn't be scared of it. One, I wouldn't try to eliminate it all because you can't. Um, but I do think there is an, is an extraordinary responsibility on those responsible for managing the business uh, for understanding, evaluating, and, and, and um, you know, elevating and bringing transparency to the risk that they face. And it's not a bad thing. Um, it's not something that should be uh, hidden, not discussed, um, people be afraid of. It's just the reality that um, that exists when you when you are in a business venture. Um, and you know, if you don't have risk, you probably don't have return. Um, and um, that's what I would say. And I think that has changed a lot. I remember. Ten years ago, if you brought up the topic of risk with the chief executive officer, they normally got very uncomfortable, and they thought, "Y'all, here we go. We're gonna have a negative conversation." Now they bring it up, and they want to talk about it because they realize that it's just an inherent part of business. And those that understand their risk better and 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 uh, bring them out and discuss them and and in an open way in their organization uh, and aren't afraid of them and aren't afraid of the fact that, that risk exists and they need to manage it, you know, do better. And so there's, um, I think that, that that has evolved a lot in, in the last five to ten years. One last question for you, Jim. You've been in the field for a number of years now. If you were to offer career advice to somebody entering the field today, where should they start? You know, I, you know, you could start in a number of different ways, in a number, number of different places. Um, you know, I would just suggest that um, wherever you start, be intellectually curious. Um, take take the opportunities to not only, um, you know, I always tell when we, everybody that starts at, 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 at our firm, I end up giving them a, a, a presentation because we have a central school they come to and they'll go there. And I always tell them, you know, look at your look at look at your self as uh, um, a financial asset because you probably are the single most important financial asset for producing future cash flows that you have unless you have a large trust fund 
know, you're going to be the biggest asset or income producer um, going forward. And, and look at yourself not only from an income statement perspective, but also from a balance sheet. And the balance sheet from an individual is their knowledge and their capabilities and their and their skills. And make sure that when you when you come into your career and you're working, that you're building up your balance sheet as much as you are your income statement. Um, and, and the balance sheet is 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 developed by what you learn. And what you learn is usually the curiosity, the questions. You know, in any job, you can step back and turn it into, you know, a mini case study of a business. Um, and if you do that, you're going to learn a lot about business. And um, you know, people lose that opportunity every day because they put their head down and they just get the task done in front of them. And they don't just take what you know, can be a few moments to reflect on what they're learning. Very good, Jim. I appreciate your time and your insight today. You're welcome. Thank you. The topic has been risk management. We've been talking with Jim Padrakowski with Protivity. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.